Why do you always go on about how stupid I am? I'm not stupid, am I? If you need to ask the question... Because it hurts my manly feelings, you know. All one of them. Then I'll be sure to write you an apology once all of this is over. I was educated by the Chantry. I studied history. They don't make stupid Templars. Then I must have been mistaken. I'm very impressed. No, you're not. You're not even listening to me. My, you are smarter than you look after all. Your Chantry must be have been very proud. Joining me this time to explore Ferelden and dive into the origins of a Dragon's Age, I'd like to welcome guest professor from the fantastic site, Uppercut Crit, Caitlin Gullis Rowe. Thank you very much and welcome, Caitlin. So glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, you you answered the call. You you're uh, you put out that you really like Dragon Age origins, and this is one of my highlights from Bioware's catalog, so I was anxious to talk about this fantastic game and this actually is a really topical time because just recently i think it was yesterday at the time of this recording ea came out and said don't expect another dragon age until after march of 2022 so yeah we're talking about the good one we it is a very good one i love this game a lot it is it is a very good one um to get everyone's minds back in the mindset of what else they might have been playing back when Dragon Age Origins originally came out. Let's take a look back at the age that was November of twenty or 2009. It originally released on November 3rd of 2009 in North America and in Europe November 6th of 2009. Some other notable releases that came out that year were Assassin's Creed 2, Left 4 Dead 2, Batman Arkham Asylum, which you can find conveniently on irrationalpassions.com video game book club. It was the first game we played, so check that out. <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 shot up things. Uncharted 2 broke the internet with how good it was and won all sorts of awards. Resident Evil 5 came out and showed that Resident Evil could be kind of fun with co-op. Halo ODST showed that you could have a really good Halo spin-off game. Infamous gave us super electrical powers and made us choose good or bad guy ways. Borderlands combined loot, the looter craze of a Diablo with the first-person shooter gameplay and created a, really a genre of its own with the original Borderlands. EA came out with Plants vs. Zombies. Demon's Souls created an entire genre and gave birth to what would become the Souls series. Sims 3 came out and continued that sims craze that still goes on to this day dragon quest 9 came out and surprisingly was a fantastic entry on the nintendo ds platform and it was multiplayer never did get to play the multiplayer version of it but a fantastic entry to the series so be sure to check it out and new super mario brothers wii came out and reinvigorated the 2d mario platforming uh, recipe so, were any of those uh, games that you were playing back in the day, Caitlin? No. So, I have a really weird, like, history with gaming, and I had, like, a very large break where I didn't really play much in high school, so I didn't play any of those until much later. Um, okay. Yeah. Did you play... Dr- Dragon Age much later then? What, what was your first experience with Dragon Age Origins? Dragon Age Origins, so I used to be a PC gamer for a while, 
and there was I don't even remember what caused it but my dad like I think my dad like grabbed a bunch of games in like a steam sale or something and they were all just on our computer and he was like hey I got all these new games do you want to check them out and I was like okay yeah I'll get around to them and I think there was one weekend where I was like fuck it I'm gonna play something so I was just like looking through all the random stuff on there and I ended up playing Dragon Age 2 first because I didn't realize it was a sequel oh really yeah like the the two in the title didn't give you a, well like a, a when when you see it it only has like the dragon icon you know it doesn't have like the two so i didn't realize till after i'd true. already booted it up that is true. and i was like yeah cool we're going it's happening and then i was like huh i should i should go back and play the first one and then i played the first one and i was like yo yeah like, now, had you had any previous experience with Bioware's previous fantasy RPGs, like the Baldur's Gate games, before you really tried Dragon Age Origins? Um, I had played a little bit of like Neverwinter Nights and stuff, but like I hadn't really. Okay. Yeah, like I hadn't. I don't think I've never played Baldur's Gate or anything like that. So I think it was my first Bioware, but not my first like CRPG. I played a lot of CRPGs when I was a kid. And I think that's what made me like it a lot was it still had that kind mm-hmm. of like vibe to it as opposed to later Bioware stuff, which I get why people don't like it. It's a little bit clunky if you're not used to it, but yeah, it's one of those interesting genres that unless you grew up with it, I think newer players have a harder time getting into and kind yeah, of adjusting to. For sure. Even going back to things like that, it's just I recently have been playing the Baldur's Gate ports on the Switch and it's ooh like I there's things I like and then it's like oh this there have been some advancements since since this game originally came out but one of the really cool aspects of Dragon Age Origins and that they touted with all the press and marketing of this game was the origin aspect how you made a character and each of the character classes and races had its own origin and background story that you could pick from to really forge your character. So I'm curious, Caitlin, back, way back when you were first playing, do you remember what kind of character you began with first and what, I don't know if you've had multiple playthroughs of this game, but which is your favorite origin story? So I've played every origin at least once. The first one I ever did was the city elf, um, which all of the origins are pretty like dark mm-hmm. and hard to um they're just hard generally like mm-hmm. story wise um but that one is especially rough because it has a lot of like just really dark stuff going on and like uh, it deals with some some heavy things yeah it's a lot so um, I, that, and I was like 14 when I played it the first time. So I was like, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> I'm a little traumatized. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was my first. And then I played, I think I played the Dalish elf after that. Um, I like elves. Um, mm-hmm. I think my favorite origin, I think my favorite origin is probably... The I like the mage one just because of how it connects with the actual story of the game later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favorite's like I don't like playing as a dwarf, so I never do. But I think that the dwarf origins are both really good. Like the uh, 
the noble the and noble the, and common and the cast right? list yeah i think are both really really good i think they both do like a really good job of showing like the deep flaws that are going on in dwarven society um so yeah i'm a big fan of those what classes did you run? Or what's your preferred class? Um, I usually like to be a dual-wielding warrior, but... Because um, okay. Origins is nice because it's, like, the only Dragon Age game where you can play a warrior and dual-wield, mm-hmm. um, which is my jam, but... I love to be... It was one of those... and also have two swords. <laughs> Gotta have that dexterous, and you just look cooler with two swords. It's like a proven fact. Yeah, I also just like, I like being able to, if you have to. to stab twice. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I've never actually played through the either of the dwarven origins. I've never, I'm not a huge dwarf guy. Yeah, I don't like um, being a dwarf, but I think the stories in. I think the mm-hmm. way that they play out are really interesting, and it's really interesting coming back to Orzammar. And, like, Mm -hmm. dealing with that, because both of them have, like, pretty aggressive um, connections to the actual main plot. Mm Mm-hmm. I've heard nothing but good things about the the Dwarven stories, and I have a a good friend of mine since middle school. He was a big fan of, or he is a big fan of Dragon Age. He read the books. He's always been a Dwarven guy, and he would always remind me and talk about the Dwarven story. He's probably played this game. Oh, I can't remember. 50 times it's nuts um but for me personally i the first character i made was a mage and i played through the the origin i love kind of going into um that spiritual world and dealing with all the demons and kind of the back and forth with blood magic and how your friend was practicing it was he corrupted and all the i love the whole and this extends throughout the entire series. I love the dynamic and how they've fleshed out and really grown this civil war or like this war between the mages and the Templar. I, th- I, I really loved how that's grown and expanded and how to see that, see where it began in Origins, I've always really enjoyed. But I think my first character, I, I made it through the origin story with the mage and it was fun and I liked it, but the magic aspect i kept finding locked chests and i wanted to unlock them and i didn't have liana at yet and i just got aggravated so i restarted and did a city elf uh rogue Mm -hmm. and just put points into lock picking and things like that and that's the character i beat the game with the first time was a was a city elf rogue and i loved it i loved rocking the dual daggers i ran dual daggers and some bow skills as well because you can like pin targets in place with their his skills and then stabby stabs so that was that was my go-to guy yeah that's fair i um i don't really like being a rogue usually like i think the trapping mechanics and stuff are cool but like it's just i like being able to either be completely ranged or like um just tanking so Mm -hmm. it's yeah I'm always usually either a major or a warrior. See, I'm kind of the opposite. Like at least with warrior, I, I've never really been able to get into warrior, whether it's Dragon Age or Diablo, things like that. I just can't get in. I want. I feel like it's one sided, even the or like a a one trick pony kind of thing, which which I know it's not. And I've seen people do crazy things with warrior builds, but 
was never for me. I always liked kind of the sniper, range, stabby, stealthy guy. Um, but like you said, you get to dual wield swords and it's wear heavy armor. I mean, warriors are done pretty cool in, in Dragon Age Origins, I have to say. But what there's so many different plot devices and plot threads in Origins. What's what of those really kind of stand out to you looking back on the game? Um, so the thing that I always found really intriguing was the juxtaposition between the blight and the political struggle. And I feel like it did the same thing that people like about Game of Thrones, where like there's this impending threat coming but people are people, mm-hmm. so they're still all wrapped up in the political bullshit and the power struggles and stuff. But I think Origins ended up doing a better job with it than <laughs> what happened with Game of Thrones. Um, and I like it because there's a lot of options as far as like what you decide to do with the political situation. Um, it's not just like, oh, the warden is going to become the new ruler or whatever. Like You do have choices and... Mm-hmm. And I think that those choices are really interesting. Um, and especially given, like, Alistair and his his whole deal, um, there's a lot of, like, fun ways that you can go that I think are cool. Um, so I always really, really liked that. And then, too, I just like the great... Like, I like societies or, like, organizations that are meant to, like, protect everyone else from the bad thing Mm -hmm. using parts of the bad thing to do it so i always found the gray wardens to be interesting yeah the the whole idea of like ingesting the blight to become be able to like sense them is such a cool plot device and handled so well in this game and the whole concept of like you were saying gray wardens are so cool and interesting and how they're like dying out and you really only get to see a very few of them in this game and they almost make they make them come off as like these super beings like you know captain america super soldier wonder woman-esque characters just behemoths um and so looked up to beacons of hope for me i loved the uh in the door eh, funny enough the the dwarven i think it was like the blackguard or whatever like those soldiers oh, that Legion were always the in them yes those were such a cool i love that plot specifically because they were sent there to basically die and just hold the line and the things you find out about them and yeah plus they have really cool armor i always thought that was a really cool uh a plot to follow yeah, I like, I think the thing that too, like, I really, really like Awakening, which is the expansion to Origins, mm-hmm. and I like it because it gets into, like, the Grey Warden stuff so much more, and it mm-hmm. and it gives you, like, a lot of politics to play around with, along with the supernatural stuff, and also it's like, there's a lot of, like, weirdness and lore that goes into the Grey Wardens, especially, like, if you read the books and stuff, and... Awakening gets into that and is like, yeah, no, this shit's fucking weird. Don't you want to know more about this? Like, don't you want to see why there are talking darkspawn? Like, isn't that fucked up? Um, so I think Awakening is, like, truly 
the most intriguing of all of those games um Mm -hmm. just because it really leans into the weird stuff and it's also like hey like here's more gray warden shit like here's kind of a simulation of like okay cool you saved the world or the warden saved the world and died but now somebody else has to deal with like being the bureaucrat of the wardens like here's how you rebuild after something like this and like Mm -hmm. it's really it's really cool Kind of speaking of the point you just made, you can either be the Grey Warrens having saved the world, or you can having given up your given up your life to solve the problem. How did you play? Tell me a bit about your story or the the story that you played through that meant the most or stuck out the most to you. Like, kind of take us through your journey of your favorite character. Let's see. I think my favorite character is probably my well. My, I don't think I finished the game with my city elf because I think my game crashed and I lost her. Um, so I think the first time I finished it was actually with my Kuzland, um, which is the human noble. And um, for me with her, she ended up dying. I did ultimate sacrifice her. Um, and okay. then she, uh, I ultimate sacrificed her and she romanced Leliana. And so it was really sad that you like see your funeral and you see Leliana being mm. like really sad about it. Um, which I actually like as being canon considering like where Leliana goes as a character, like up in Inquisition. Like I like, mm-hmm. I like the idea of part of Leliana getting hardened as like losing the warden. Um, I think that's. I don't really like Inquisition, but I like Leliana in Inquisition a lot, and I like mm-hmm. the idea of, like, her having been with the Warden and having lost them, and that being part of why she's the way that she is. Um, so that was mine, yeah. I I think I... I think in that one, I killed Loghain, I let Alistair... I think Alistair ended up ruling with Honora, and I died. Okay. What was your, did you have a go-to party that you pretty much stuck through through most of the game, or do you like to switch up your parties? Um, I usually always have Win in my party, just because healing is important. Mm-hmm. And I don't like making Morrigan into a healer, because it feels, like, wrong for her character. Yeah. Um, so I usually have Win, and then I would have Leliana... And it depends on if I'm playing warrior or mage, because if I'm a warrior, I usually don't bring another warrior with me. I usually have two magic users and a rogue. Um, mm-hmm. But if I'm playing a mage, then I'll usually have two warriors and a rogue, because <laughs> I like to be defended. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I usually I like to have Alistair and the dog around, but it's hard uh, managing the balance. Especially because Alistair, yeah. if you don't set his um, his fighting tactics well, he uh, is a dumb bitch and will die. <laughs> yeah, like we said in our opening, he's kind of stupid. He's a little dumb. He's a little stupid. That's... Just speaking of the characters, I love the interaction and the banter between your party in this game. Mm-hmm. It's so good... And just how they go back and forth, you really feel like you can kind of put yourself in the position of, or your friends in the position of these characters and be like, oh, 
Zev is totally my friend so-and-so, or, oh, Morgan, that's totally so-and-so, you know? Just this witty kind of crazy banter between them all. And I loved Shale, how uh, she just I hated pigeons. I love Shale. She's so good. <laughs> Shale is, uh, a, is a, a gem. Yeah. She has gems in her. She That's does. her weapon. She does. What? That was a fun, fun character. And her, her hatred of pigeons just never failed to make me laugh yeah i also like that she she... always calls you it like Mm -hmm. she just never can grasp that you're like a person yeah (laughs) even though you're friends like if you Mm -hmm. become friends with her she still Mm -hmm. calls you an it i love it oh it's it's good and you fight or you find stun in his cage and everything the canary and yeah. All that craziness. Um, but even the supporting cast I found to be incredibly powerful, like Earl Howe. Or Earl Howe. And... Mm-hmm. He's a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Even Loghain, like, he's such an asshole, but as you play more, and especially towards the land's meet and things like that, you really start to realize that he's he's trying to do good. Yeah, he's just or really like he, bad or at like doing he thinks it. that he's doing the right thing, even if it's maybe yeah. not not the right approach to go about it. Yeah, I really like a Nora and Sandal a lot too. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like people like I feel like Anora is like the character that gets the whole like oh she's a strong woman therefore she's a bitch kind of rap a lot and like i think anora is actually like probably one of the better characters in that game it's been a while since i've played who's anora again is she the uh, sister she's the she's logan's daughter and the oh that's right that's right that's yeah and everyone's like oh anora because like there's the thing at the lands meet where she pretty much betrays you no matter what you do and like everybody's like oh fuck anora and i'm like well She's in a really shitty position, though, and, like, I get it. And, like, she's not on... She's really not on anybody's side. Like, she's on her side, and she's on Ferelden's side, and I'm like, hell yeah, because, like, she knows that, like, what Loghain is doing is fucked up, too. Like... Definitely caught between a rock and a hard place and just trying to make it out. She is incredibly strong. Now that I remember... Especially in, like, the Landsmeet section, and she is a very strong, strong female character in this game. I think this game has a lot of those. Yeah. Um, I think it, it handled female... It From my perspective, I think it handled females' characters really well. Do, would you agree, or...? Um, I think, like, it's always hard, because, like, I love Morrigan, but, like, the way they present her is a little bit questionable to me always. Like, she's... She's total catnip for me as a person, but, like, mm-hmm. the, the, the like, basically just, like, titties out bitch woman is, like, a <laughs> lot. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a stereotype for sure. But I think everybody's given a lot of depth. Like, I think all of the, I wish there were more women in it, is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's even a pretty good spread between the companions, because there's about the same amount for each, um... And, like, I think, yeah, everybody's given a lot of um, depth, and there's a lot to their backstories and stuff, and I feel like they're all made pretty human. Mm-hmm. 
in terms of Morgan's design, I it is quite out there. It, but as you mentioned, she is so much more and such a fleshed out character that she you quickly realize she's not in there just for the the young male demographic eye candy spot. Like she, I never got that reading from her just because she is kind of a hard ass. She puts like especially Alistair, like the banter we we had earlier. Um, and her backstory with her mother, and she's she's just a great character. Yeah, Morgan all, all around. Rules. I think she's 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 real good. I love um, her. I hate what ends up happening with her in Inquisition because I feel like they did shitty things with her character, but that's not what this is about. So we're talking about the the good Dragon Age. We're talking about the good, the, the good the, one. The good one. Um, I actually never got to the point in Dragon Age Inquisition where I even got Morgan, Morgan back. But oh wow, um, I definitely cried when I got her back, and then I was like, "Hey, this is bad. Actually, fuck off." <laughs> um, Sandal, I loved Sandal. Sandal is so good, and I love that they brought him. Um, they brought him back in two, and like. Mm-hmm. There's some. I am so upset that like nothing ever happens with Sandal beyond that because like there's clearly some shit going on with Sandal. Like yeah. the boy can do some wild shit, and like, oh, I love him. He can wreck bitches, man. Like there's some scenes where he's just there, covered in blood, surrounded by darkspawn bodies. Yeah, and he's just like, like enchantment, enchantment. He's like I just, I'm just like, real good at runes, and you're like, go off, king. Okay, cool, Sandal. Uh, love you, bro. You know, hang in there. He's so Let me good. know if you need me. It also makes me so sad that you can just, like, there's, like, I think it's in, I think it's in Origins where you can, there's a quest to find him. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can just not do that. You can just leave him to die. And it's like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, even if you start realizing his backstory, like how he got lost in the the caves and got expo- exposed to like crazy amounts of lyrium, and that's kind of what mm-hmm. made him the way he is. And but he's just like you just you see him initially, and he's just like, oh, this is kind of a fun character, ha ha ha. It's Sandal, and then as you get into a bit of his backstory, it's like, oh, that's that's actually really sad. Yeah. Um, he just murders everything so it's like okay he can take care of himself that's pretty cool i love him he's a good boy he is uh, and then you get a dog in this game as a companion yeah. if you want also, that's super cool it's also super sad if you don't like i've i've always gotten the dog but like i've mm-hmm. i've known people who didn't know what was gonna happen if they didn't do the dog quest and then they were so upset to find out that the dog died and i was like that's what you get you should pay attention to the fucking dog. Yeah, it's like, I don't, do you even want to be friends with people that wouldn't want to try and cure a poisoned dog or a sick dog? It's yeah, like, I don't know. I don't need that negativity in my life. <laughs> like, why would you, it's a good boy. It's best boy. You heal those boys. You you heal those dogs. You heal them. Yeah. And then... They're yours, and they're so sweet, and they're vicious, and they're fantastic. So when you were playing this, having played on PC, did you 
traditionally or usually playing kind of the more freeze time tactical mode, kind of in the same vein as a Neverwinter? Or were you more action, real time, kind of MMO-esque? Um, I was kind of a mix. I think my natural play style is more like MMO-esque, but mm-hmm. I did come up on CRPGs. So whenever I would start to get into fights that were like sticky, I would switch over into like the tactical pause. And like, especially if I was playing as a mage, I'd use the tactical yes. pause a ton. Yeah, I, the two mode, I think tactical definitely works better for some classes while the more action faster paced style works better for like for your like stabby rogues or your warriors that you play things like that yeah i mostly used it for myself as a mage and then to manage my companions it was easier to do that Mm -hmm. yeah this game had kind of a gambit-esque system from final fantasy 12 where you could set different parameters on the on your ai components companions mm-hmm. didn't it yeah it's really really customizable that's such a nice feature that i really wish more games now did yeah me too it's one of those features and granted this isn't dragon age but it's final fantasies like why didn't the later final fantasies like 13 or 15 have the gambit system or why didn't inquisition or dragon age 2 have their ai customized uh custom uh, you could do it in two as well. I think you can actually do it in all of them. In all of the Dragon Age games anyway. Well, like I said, I'm really glad that that feature was in all the Dragon Age games <laughs> and not just the first one because it's incredibly handy and it should be in all of them. So, I'm but, um, But yeah, was there any funny moments that stick out to you caitlin during your playthrough um i always found the well so i always found morrigan and alistair's dynamic to be very funny but my favorite is morrigan with the dog um because like if you have the dog in your party she'll talk to him and there's like a whole progression of if you keep him in your party through that like throughout the game, she goes from being like, "No, you're dirty and gross. I don't like you. Like, leave me alone," to like begrudgingly liking him and like giving him treats and stuff. And I <laughs> love it because I feel like it's like so indic like it's so indicative of like one how pure and good the dog is, but two like how much of like a softy on the inside Morrigan is. Mm-hmm. especially like when it comes to animals and stuff um and so i think it's just like really sweet and funny like she'll yell at him about going into her tent and eating her food and stuff and then like the next interaction she'll be like no i already gave you a treat i'm not giving you another one <laughs> you can't resist a good dog uh, i love it so much i also enjoyed that you could name the dog yeah i like that i love naming the dog and how the dog was always, like, had maxed out loyalty. Mm-hmm. The loyalty stat. Yeah, was... and I loved, too, like, you could talk to him in camp, and he just, like, rolls over and, like, lets you pet his belly, and, like, that's just it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you could pet him. Yeah, you can pet him. I think him. that was the option. Yeah, he can. Dragon Age Origins. Letting you pet dogs before it became a popular meme on the internet. Hell yeah. One of the, that's why it's one of the top ten games of all time. True story. That's why. 
Petting dogs? It, petting dogs is a big deal. It really is. It's a big deal. It really adds to the immersion. Yeah, I mean, there is that really good you know? article from the person who runs the Can You Pet the Dog Twitter, like, talking about, like, why being able to pet the dog is important in games. So people should read mm. that, because it's actually a very good ga- piece of Gabe's criticism. Um, I'll have to check that out. But, yeah, it's it's dope. But also, um, yeah, dogs are rad, so. Truth. Um, but, yeah, there's... This is one of those games that I, I can go back to. Funny enough, when we started, when I was putting together the outline for this episode and we were talking a bit back and forth about uh, you being on and us doing Dragon Age, I actually went on to Amazon and when I was looking for um, in our usual segment of where you can find it and looking for prices and whatnot, I ended up picking up Dragon Age 1 and 2, the the ultimate edition for PS3. Because nice. I... I didn't have it for PS3, and I'm kind of getting the hankering to, to play it again. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll pick it up. It was like, it was, well, you'll find out how much it was. But <laughs> yeah, I literally bought an Xbox One so that I could play Dragon mm-hmm. Age because, like, one, I don't have a gaming PC, but two, even if I did, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to use Origin because it is truly the worst thing that has ever been done to a Truth. games launcher. Agreed. Um, and so I was like, so it sucks because you can't get all the DLC on Xbox, but it's still easier than um, dealing with Origin, so... Yeah. Yeah, I had the Ultimate Edition for Xbox 360, and then when that they announced that it was backwards compatible on Xbox One, it was like, awesome. And then I realized that the DLC doesn't work, and I was like, well, crap. Yeah, only some of the DLCs so. work. It's annoying. Yeah. It is super annoying. Um, so that's why I was like, okay, well, I've been kind of in the hankering for, for, for Dragon Age Origins, especially after looking up stuff for this episode and talking to you about it. So I was like, oh, I need to play it. But that's that's the problem with this show. As much as I love doing it, I'm uh, each game we talk about, every person I have on recording, I suddenly have a brand, uh, not a brand new, but a whole other game I need to revisit in my backlog. And unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Caitlin, RPGs are long. They are. Usually. Yeah, they sure are. And I have, I, I'm not in high school anymore. I'm not sustained by uh, parental income. <laughs> I actually have to make my own income, which drastically decreases and takes time out of ga- game playing. Yeah, that's a big a- move. Adulthood. Adulthood. I mean, it's cool sometimes, but other times I just want to pl- play games and sit around in my comfy pants all day you know it's it's an unfortunate side effect of growing old older it really is that's a everything you just said is an extremely big mood we just we just need we need to win the lottery caitlin or we need to join forces and just uh pull together mcdonald's monopoly pieces <laughs> yeah from michigan and colorado i'm pretty sure we can create the boardwalk or something you with our combined powers (laughs) then we just split the winnings it'll be perfect yeah that'll at least give us a good year or two of depending on how we invest of just lounging and video games hell yeah that's the play and maybe getting some maybe getting some nicer mics we don't know we were talking about this do we do stereo do we do mono i don't know right (laughs) now we're just doing normal 
Yeah. We got Blue Yeti. Good good mics, but you know, there's mixing boards. We can all be fancy with uh, knobs and doohickeys we can turn and pretend like we know what we're doing. That's what we can get with our McDonald's uh, Monopoly piece money. <laughs> and then we can play video games all the day. It'll be fantastic. Be absolutely fantastic. But Honestly, that's the dream. I know it is, right? It really is. But we are not the only people that actually like this game. Strange, I know, but it's true. So we are going to our around the web portion. Okay, I'm just gonna clap so it gives me a... Okay, I'll go first and then uh, you can take on the next one, so. Okie dokie. Elia Nova on Reddit says, My very first, very awful playthrough. I went in blind and I'd never played an RPG before, so I didn't get the concept of looking in every corner. I missed Sten and Liliana, killed Wynn and Zevran, got dumped by Alistair when I made him king, and ditched Morgan when I refused to have Alistair do the ritual. So my final team consisted of the dog, Alistair and Ogren. And then Alistair died. Jeez. Oof. Yeah, that's yeah, like the worst that case. Is, My God, that is quite the awful playthrough. Uh, wow, at least you had dog. At least you had. Yeah, dog. at least you didn't miss the dog. So it's not a total loss of a playthrough. Yeah, God. It is still a pretty rough playthrough. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what their next playthrough was like. Yeah. Hopefully. I wonder if they used a guy the next time. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> We didn't even t- touch on Zevran, though. I mean, he was a pretty cool... I, I enjoyed him as a- an assassin. I, like, I don't know if you ever used him. I like the concept of Zevran. I don't really like him, like, as a character that much. In execution? Yeah, he's not my favorite. Like, I did romance him once as a dude, just because he's the only one you can do it with. Um, mm-hmm. But... And I, I like his romance. Um, He's just, yeah, I like the idea of him more than, like, how he actually is in the game. But I know a lot of people love him. Um, mm-hmm. He's just not my bad. He's a bit much. He's a bit much. Yeah, he's just not the type of character I usually enjoy. Um, which is fine. Not everything is for everyone. Yeah. And that's okay. Should I read this next one? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, Will... Faye on Reddit says, uh, frankly, Alistair giving a rose to my warden. It was the very first time my own character in a game got romantic attention from a guy. I was screaming with heart-shaped eyes. I didn't expect something like that. I was so happy. What a sweet little innocent memory, you know? Just Just something special you didn't expect to happen in a game like this, you know? Yeah, and that moment is very cute, so. Who was your, Liliana, you said, was your your go-to romance, though, right? Yeah. That's what you were saying? Yeah, because, like, she's the only one that you can romance as a queer woman, so she was always my girl. Um, I've romanced, I think, everybody that you can romance at least once. Um, I've played this game a lot. Um, But... Yeah, Leiliano is always just my go-to because, like, one, I do think, like, once you do her romance arc and also, like, play her DLC, like, I think she goes from being a really boring kind of shitty character to an actually very interesting one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you don't really get all of that context without the like romantic element of it. Um, but yeah, I also wanted to be gay. So there you go. And we touched on this a, l- a little bit earlier. You specifically mentioned Awakening. The DLC in this game was solid. Yeah, the like DLC it added some really good stories. Rules. Like, yeah, every single DLC is so good. The only one that I don't love is the one where you play as the Darkspawn and have to kill everybody, just because like that makes me sad. But yeah, um, yeah, no, the DLC for Origins is killer. I really like the Urn of Sacred Ashes one, or I th- no, that that was main story. Yeah, that's main but... story. There was one specifically with Liliana, though, that was... Yeah, that's Liliana's song. That's right. That that makes sense. It has her name in it. Yeah, that one is really, really cool. Um, I I like Liliana's song a lot. It did... I do like how it continued to flesh out both the world, and it wasn't just... um, I guess Awakening could have also included your warden, but if your warden wasn't around anymore, I liked how it continued on the story, even if your warden wasn't warden wasn't around mm-hmm. and continued to flesh out the stories with Awakening and uh, Liliana's song and stuff like that. Yeah. They were they were good. Yeah, Liliana's good. song is nice because it does world building, but like it's like a prequel to what happens in Origins. So you mm-hmm. get to see like, you get to understand the world through like a lens of like a different, little bit of a different time period. And then, yeah, Awakening's rules, because it's like, well, it's not just a clean, wrapped-up ending. Like, shit does continue to happen in this world after. So, let's take a look at that. And it's really good. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I I have a hard time breaking Awakening up. And this was one of the main reasons I had to get the PS3 version of the Ultimate Edition so I could have the availability to play Awakening again because it's hard having played through Awakening also it's hard for me to just stop at the end of Dragon Age Origins like I want to continue on into the Awakening stuff as well Yeah. and not having that it feels like a big chunk of the main origin story is no longer available. Yeah, well, and so the nice thing is that they did put Awakening on backwards compatibility, too. Um, so... Must just be from that disc it wouldn't let me install. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't work with the disc, but if you buy it digitally, you can get Awakening. Because um, I got... Oh, I got, well, that's good, I guess, at least. Yeah, so I have, I have both on my Xbox right now. Um, so, yeah, at least there's that. Um, okay, that that makes me feel better. Yeah, like it's still it's still a bummer that like you can't get all the DLC stuff, but you can get Awakening at least. Well, that's good. Well, I somewhat retract my statement. <laughs> but back to your comments. We next we have Thunderbird with some lead uh, lead speak. He threw a, a three in for an E and a six in for a B. But Thunderbird on Reddit says honestly. I got so attached to Tamlin during my first ever playthrough. Seeing him again in Temple of Sacred Ashes was just so nice. I was going through a lot at the time, so him saying you've punished yourself enough just really helped me let those things go. It helped me in everyday life ever since. I have a bad habit habit of feeling guilty for just about anything, so repeating that line to myself really helps a lot. Damn. Good 
thank you for sharing that, Thunderbird. And we've touched on this in previous episodes, but you, every episode I have gotten some comment similar to this one where something in a game has helped the the individual get through a hard time in their life or has helped bust them out of a dark time or they've learned something and taken it with them. And it just... I love these games and I love video games in general because it can do that for people. You know? It's a... Uh, it's not... Game, this isn't a hobby. Games aren't just a hobby that... To some people. Um, it's just... It's something that can really hit and touch people in all sorts of special ways and help them get through all sorts of crazy, difficult times in their life. And it, it's special. Um, and I always love people that share these memories with us similar to this. I'm glad this has helped you. Um, keep on keeping on and you punish yourself enough so just keep on rocking it thunderbird thank you for sharing that god that's very sweet uh mysterious underscore food said uh enchantment and being surrounded by the corpses of his enemies <laughs> my personal theory is that he's just I, this is in reference to sandal mm -hmm. uh my personal theory is that he just finished furiously tearing the their dark spawn throats out and disemboweling them with his teeth then puts his i'm a simple non-threatening npc face <laughs> oh sandal gotta love him such a funny character <laughs> and what a stark contrast scene that was i remember when that scene came up in the game i was like what is going on here this is nuts yeah what no, you do it's, sandal it's wild they just like really they just really go hard on that scene and you're like okay like i'm just supposed to i'm just supposed to live with this now like i'm just supposed to know that sandal is like a huge badass I would have loved if in some, either in the, the second game or some DLC for this game, or maybe a mod where you see Sandal just going like bonkers on the, like just going <laughs> ape shit on the dark spawn. Really, we just need a meme of Sandal that has the, don't you, aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you just want to go ape shit? Yeah. Well, I'm surprised it's they have there hasn't been one of like the shining or I think it's the shining with Jack Nicholson busting down the door with the axe. Mm -hmm. Was that the shining? Yeah. And instead of Jack Nicholson's face in the door is just Sandal's face saying <laughs> enchantment. <laughs> that just that seems like it would be perfect. Yeah, it really does. Make it happen, internet. Please. We need it. It's so perfect. There's so many things you could do. And with memes being so much bigger in culture now than they were back in 2009 when this came out, can you imagine the memes that would have come out of Sandal back in 2009? God. I can. I've been on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have green underscore three on Reddit. I remember being afraid of the demon possessing Connor at Redcliffe. The music, the whole setting was so immersive. Orzammar is also my favorite part. The dwarves who lost their empire and even shut the doors for some of their own cities of the deep roads. I wish we re I wish we eh, I wish we revisit there we go. 
this place in the next installment. That would be a cool place to revisit, the deep roads and everything. Yeah, they do have some sections of it in Inquisition. Um, like, you can find some ruins and stuff, but yeah, it'd be cool to have a more, like, focused dip back into the deep roads. It's another reason why Awakening is cool, because you find another tag. There you go. So, just saying. Hey, Bioware, get back on your A game and make more awesome games like Dragon Age Origins and Awakening, please. Okay? Thanks. Yeah, please. Kisses. Please get back on your bullshit. Be good again, please. Please. Just please be good. Or we'll send Sandal after you. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. There we go. Mm -hmm. Alright, Starkhaven on Reddit says... I know some people aren't a fan of Ogren, but having some of his secret brew at camp and passing out after drinking it was hilarious. Felt like such a bonding moment between him and the warden in my mind. Maxing out Morgan's friendship and her cherishing, cherishing you as a friend and even a sister was wholesome. That's true. Uh, Sten stealing cookies from the boy in the last town and then using these cookies to get us a boat ride to the Circle Tower from that Templar was funny. Oh, I forgot about that. That actually is incredibly funny. <laughs> um, personal bias, but simply talking to Logan after the lands meet and speaking about what Enora was like growing up really added some more depth. At the end of the day, he's just a father too. Sort of cheating, but having the foursome at the Pearl and Dragon Age Origins and hearing Isabella call out Leliana in DA2 was amusing. True. All true. <laughs> Starkhaven be right. Good stuff, Starkhaven. You you pointed out a lot of things we missed, so shout out to you. And uh, I did not know about that the foursome. I don't think I ever did that. Oh, but it, that's funny. It's hard. You have to like go to the pearl. Giggity. And you have to, and you have to like play cards with Isabella, and you can't like, you have to catch her cheating to win mm -hmm. and it's really hard to do and then it's like her you and um Zevran and Leliana I think because I think you can do a threesome with her you and Alistair but I think for the foursome mm -hmm. it has to be Zevran uh, okay. I think I could be wrong it's been a long time but it's a tricky thing to do yeah I imagine that would be I uh... Yeah, it's a whole thing. I can't imagine that, like, going through nowadays. <laughs> you know? I mean, nothing's wrong with it. If that's what you're into, go for it. I just can't imagine, like, society nowadays. I think a lot of people... A lot of people that don't play games would be up in arms about it. Probably, yeah. And imagine if the, it was in another region, and then they removed it for the U.S. Re region. Man, shit would hit the fan real fast. Yeah, that's true for sure. But like we said, hey, Bioware, get back on your A-game. Come on. Please. Chop, chop. And for a final submission, we got a ton for Dragon Age, so be sure to check the show notes for the link to both of the Reddit sub or the subreddit posts where you can read everyone else's. There's some fantastic ones, and you can add your own. But for the last one today, we have JTOPS on Reddit. My fondest memory will always be Morgan telling me to live gloriously and then charging into battle with my three favorite companions, Morgan, Alistair, and Wynn, while the Fereldans are basically cheering me, telling me to show those dark-spawned bastards who's, a, who's the goddamn boss, and Inan Zur's amazing soundtrack giving me the hype of a lifetime. That's true. Maybe the suicide... Yeah. The soundtrack in this game was fantastic. 
soundtrack fucking rules. Really, really good. And maybe the suicide mission in Mass Effect 2 can give me the chills like this one, honestly. Thank you, everyone who submitted uh, your memories, some great ones. Perfect. It, like this, Games reach people, and this is a damn good game, and it it's something different for everyone, especially games like this where you can choose what you do, you choose who you start as, and all the branching pathways of narrative and story and who you can take and who you can save and who you can bang, apparently. You know, it's... Um, Everyone had such a unique story, and I think that's one of the things that made this a really special title. Yeah. But still to this day. Still to this day. Perhaps after all of our great discussion and the memories from others, you're thinking to yourself, huh, this sounds like a really good game. Where can I play it? Well, we are in... Well, you, anyway, are in luck because we are here to tell you where you can get it and for how much. Now with PC, it's still very easy to find. You can find it digitally, usually between 10 and 20 bucks. Um, on Amazon, as of the time of the recording, you can get a digital copy of it uh, for about 10.50. Steam, it's about $20 for the base version and $30 for game of the year. That's actually really expensive, so just wait for a Steam sale. Um, console, you can find physical copies for about 25 to 30 bucks new or about 10 to 25 bucks used. This applies to both the PS3 and the Xbox 360 version. And the Xbox One is backwards compatible with the base game and apparently Awakening. Yeah. Uh, you can buy that digitally. But I would advise against expecting to get anything off the Ultimate Edition Xbox 3 disc, 360 disc because the expansion with all the DLC, the, that disc... It's not backwards compatible, so you won't be able to install anything. Yay. Yay. And let's, in this hypothetical situation, you have managed to get yourself a brand new and or used copy of this fantastic game, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many different options. Well, we can help you with that, too, with some tips and advice for new players. Caitlin, what tips would you give brand new people? Um, so I would say absolutely have a walkthrough when you do the fade. Um, fade is the magic special realm that mages can go into and fight demons. Just FYI. Yes, it is. Um, you have to do it when you go to the mages circle. Um, there's a really good guide on game facts. It's really old. Um, but it's super, super comprehensive because the fade is the worst and is super confusing <laughs> And terrible. Um, so definitely have a guide for that. Also, due to the Circle of Magi before Redcliffe, the game really makes it seem like Redcliffe is, like, the first place you should go once you're, like, out in the world. But uh, due to the way that events are uh, connected, it's if you want to save everybody at Redcliffe, it's just easier to do all the Circle shit first. And there you go. For me, I would always recommend you have somebody that can use a range attack in your party, especially for tougher sections. And this is actually how I beat uh, my first playthrough, is especially in difficult sections, you will have to fight tons of mobs of enemies. So I would recommend you having your party stay behind and you taking that range character forward, pulling individual creatures 
back to the main uh, party and taking care of them that way. That should ease your frustration whenever you're taking on tons of large mobs of enemies, especially at the end of the game when everything's on fire and you have tons of enemies to fight. So I recommend doing that. And also either have a rogue in your party just for the mm -hmm. lockpicking skills and put points into lockpicks as soon as you can. This is incredibly handy and it's a really good way to get some really good items early on if you have enough skill points in the lockpicking skill. Super important. Just just do it, please. You, you'll be rewarded, I promise you. Agree. I promise. Big agree. And we're on to the enemy of the week. Caitlin, who is the enemy this week? Uh, the enemy is one Logan McTeer. Da, da, da. <laughs> so why did you pick Logan as the enemy of the week? What struck you, or what strikes you about this character, or this encounter, that makes it so memorable? So I picked Logan because there's a lot of like wild monsters in Dragon Age Origins and the Dragon Age series generally, but like, Logan is very, is like an extremely iconic villain because the fandom is super, super torn between how they feel about him. Like a lot, there are a lot of people who are like Logan apologists. Um, <laughs> and there are a lot of people who are like, fuck him, I hope he's like, I hope he dies, he's the worst. Um, and I think both are valid, honestly. Like he's a really complicated character. Um, and I think really well done. And when you do end up like squaring up with him, if you do end up fighting him, you end up doing a like fight to the death in a one-on-one -on -one, like single combat thing because he still believes in honor and all this stuff. And like if you read the books, he has like a whole interesting backstory that kind of informs why he does what he does at the beginning of the game. Um, and it's just, yeah, he's just like a really complicated, good character, and I think that makes him a really good villain. I'm just now realizing we didn't even touch on the beginning of the game where your Grey Warden mentor dies, and there's a big uh, plot twist where Logan does some bad stuff, and there's a war, and people die. We didn't even touch on that, but hey, if you want to play this game, play it, because that will surprise you, and it's a fantastic part of the game. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it, I was genuinely shocked when it happened the first mm. time I played it. In your encounter with Loghain in this duel, he's level 20. His hit points stand at 763 with his mana and stamina at 405. His attack stats at 107 with defense at 102. His spell resistance at starts at plus starts at 5 but gets additional bonuses based on the difficulty you're playing in. His mental resistance is 57 with physical resistance at 89. He has no fire, cold, electricity, or nature resistance, but he does have a spirit resistance of 25. He comes decked out with the River Dane armor set, Loghain sword, a longsword, and a crossbow. He's considered an elite ranked enemy in this case, so be careful. He's a warrior, and uh, he has the he has access to the weapon and shield and champion talent groups. He has access to talents from all of those, so be careful. Yeah, but it's not an easy fight for sure. No, no, it's not, especially being uh, a one-on-one -on -one fight. Yeah, well, and the nice thing about that fight too is like 
you can agree to do a one-on-one fight, or you can be like, fuck mm. this, and just have your party kill him. Yeah. You can do that. That is true. That brings this tale of dragons and ages and origins to a close. I want a big... I want to give a big thank you to Caitlin for taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down, hang out with me, and talk some Dragon Age tonight. I very much appreciate it, Caitlin. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was really fun. It was. It's a it's a good game. I hope you listed a bunch of great RPGs, so I'm sure this won't be the last time we sit down and chit-chat about RPGs. But... In the meantime, you are part of Uppercut Crit. What can we expect coming from you? Where can people find you? Give us the lowdown. Stand on your soapbox. Okay, so we've been doing some Halloween stuff this month. We just posted a really good listicle of spooky abandonware games from Dialacina today um, as of recording this. So that's already up by the time you're hearing this. Uh, we also have uh, a midsummer spoiler cast dropping tomorrow so that will also be out by the time this comes out um so you can check that out in our palin around feed uh if you want to find the website you can find us on twitter and instagram at uppercut crit and um on the internet at uppercutcrit.com and if you want to follow me the person for whatever reason uh you can find me on twitter at cg and eight r's there you go. They do fantastic, fantastic content. They have some great podcasts. Be sure to give them a follow and listen. Definitely worth your time. But for me, everyone, I want to thank you all for sticking around with us until the end. You have returned light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as each rating and review you leave will cause a leaf on the mana tree to bloom and restoring balance and saving the world. Plus, I would just really appreciate it. Remember, if you have an RPG you would like us to talk about, you can tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with what you'd like to see us talk about or memories that you would like to share with us. For me, you can find me on Twitter at SolidSnake120, and be sure to check out IrrationalPassions.com for all sorts of great content. We have videos, we have reviews, we have articles, we have guides. It's all sorts of good stuff. And until next time, everybody, thanks for stopping by. Class dismissed. <laughs>